0: What's happening everybody, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the great folks at Nerd Tease. And welcome to week eight of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2018-2019 NFL regular season and postseason. And you can probably hear it from the way that I'm talking. I took a weird sneezing fit this morning, so today's episode's gonna be a little nasally, probably a little sniffly, and it may just be that I'm allergic to bad betting picks because those were all over me like stink on a monkey in week seven. But we're gonna start with the good from last week. I was 10 and four last week. That is back-to-back weeks going double digits straight up, and I think it's either three of the last four Or four of the last five. Yeah, sorry, three of the last four. I've gone double digits straight up. That's fantastic. 10 and four in week seven has a 65 and 40 with the two ties so far in the NFL. Against the spread, treaded water. Six, seven, and one. We had a push against the spread this season. That's our third ATS push of the season. Has us 49 up, 55 down with the three pushes. Over, under. We had another week where we went double digits in the wrong column. So if you took the opposite of all my over-under picks last week, uh, you cashed a lot of money. You did very well. Only went 4-10 and over-under last week. That has us 45 up, 62 down with no pushes. If you'd gone opposite of every single over-under play I've given you this season, you would be making so much bank over under take that for what it is all we can do is keep trying keep endeavoring to get better i'd like to get back to 500 i'm sure we can do that before the end of the season it's hard to convince you guys of that i'm sure and you have every right to doubt me at this point Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from Week 7 were kind of a mixed bag. Straight up, did very well, went 3-1. The only one we missed was the silver pick of the Philadelphia Eagles losing to Carolina. They lost that game by 4 points, 21-17, to despite having a firm grip on that football game, especially through the first half. Bronze pick told you to take the Chargers to beat the Titans. They did so by a single point in London, 20-19. Told you to take Atlanta to beat the Giants, the Giants with that damn backdoor cover last night, so they covered against the spread. Atlanta did win the game 23-20, and we had the Chiefs absolutely dismantling the Cincinnati Bengals 45-10. to Against the spread, unfortunately, the Chiefs were the only one that we got right last week. That was the Chiefs minus six. They win the game by 35, so they very much covered there. Like I said, Giants with the backdoor cover last night, so we lost... In the gold pick of Atlanta minus six. Obviously lost Philadelphia minus four and a half. I knew I should have hedged my bets in that game. So we lost that one. And the Chargers failed to cover minus six and a half in London against Tennessee. The over-unders, I don't even have to tell you how they went because I'm sure you already know. Oh, and four whiffed on all of them. Went over 58 and a half in KC Cincinnati. Over 54 and a half in Atlanta, New York. Over 45 and a half in Philly, Carolina, and over 45 and a half in the Chargers in Tennessee, and I just happened to pick two low or four, sorry, lower-scoring games. So three and one straight up, which is good, but one and three against the spread and 0 oh and four on the over/under. It's not good enough, and there's no excuse for it taking a look at the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pools for Season 7 of my show. We are looking at the Bridgewater's Finest pool first, where I sit in 12th place out of 43, 562 out of 873 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 64%. We're certainly moving in the right direction compared to where we were just a few short weeks ago. In Week 7, I brought in 82 of 105 possible confidence points, That's a clip of 78%. That's a great week. That's a really good week. Not quite good enough to win the week. Shout out to our Week 7 winner, who also happens to still be our overall leader. That is Billy B. And Billy B's Week 7 was kind of remarkable. He went 11-3, 98 of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 93%. It's remarkable because Billy forgot to make a pick for the Thursday night game, and forgot to make a pick for the early Sunday game in London, that Chargers-Tennessee game. So he only missed one game the whole rest of the week, just forgot to make picks for those two games. Billy's now 67-38-2 and two on the season, 620 out of 873 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 71%, and that is a championship pace based on previous seasons. Looking at the NFL YouTube Prognosticator's official pick'em pool, which isn't against the spread pool, I sit tied for 11th place out of 51 people making picks, with my 47 correct against the spread plays based on Yahoo's lines. That's only a clip of 44% because we have played 107 football games. In Week 7, I certainly did nothing to improve that percentage. Only got 6 of the 14 games correct, based on Yahoo's lines. That's a clip of 43%, and it's just not good enough. Shoutout to our Week 7 winner, Gavin O'Connor. Gavin OC4. That's Gavin's second consecutive week winning the NFL YouTube Prognosticators pool. He went 10 and four last week against the spread. Absolutely incredible. That's a clip of 71%. Gavin has been on fire. He got 10 correct last week as well. So that's 20 correct against the spread picks for Gavin in the last two weeks. Special shout out for Gavin because he is doing a great job right now. J3 remains our overall leader but has fallen back to the pack. Now only has 55 Of 107 games picked correctly against the spread, according to Yahoo. That's only a clip of 51%, and it is anybody's game at this point. One bad week in that pool, it can be anybody's game. So, shout out to Billy B and Gavin O'Connor for winning week seven in the pools, and to Billy B and J3 for remaining the pool's overall leaders. Let's take a peek into Fantasy Corner and see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week seven action, and it was my best week of fantasy to date, and certainly one of the best weeks of fantasy I think I've ever personally had. Seven and one across my eight teams in fantasy last week. In the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, I picked up the win over Jamie Brunt. That has me five and two in that league, and I have reeled off Five consecutive wins, one of the hottest teams in the league. I got a Week 8 matchup coming up against Max Maniacs. Now that's Steve McWilliams, who is a, you know, a friend of mine, has been in the pool for a couple of years, obviously, where it's a dynasty league. Mac finished in last place last year, has definitely turned it around this year, is definitely performing better. It's a projected win for me right now, but I take absolutely nothing for granted considering I started the season off 0-2. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I picked up the win over Jackalopes. It was a hard-fought win. It was a close game. Picked up the win. I'm now 6 1 in the Progs League. Certainly up there in the standings, if not first. I think like somewhere top three. Got a week eight matchup against Gavin O'Connor, who I mentioned before, Gavin OC4. That's a projected victory for me. Gavin's kind of struggling this season in both pools, but again. Got work to do, taking nothing for granted. So, Jamie Brunt and Jackalopes, thank you very much for the matchups in Week 7. And Max Maniacs and Gavin, here we go. Let's do this thing in Week 8. And of course, I'll take this opportunity to remind you that if you go to the description of the YouTube video or the description on iTunes or SoundCloud or your podcast player of choice, you're going to find all of my results from Week 7, all of my straight-up against-the-spread and over-under plays for Week 8 in the NFL, you're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's finest and official NFL YouTube Prognosticators pick 'em pools. You can get yourself shouted out on the show if you win a week. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you're going to find information on Nerd Tees. And especially on a day like today when I'm sniffly and sneezy and my throat's kind of scratchy and whatever, I value something like Nerd Teas just that much more because it's just that soothing shot that you need. NerdTease.ca, use that promo code BWFinest. It's going to save you 15% at checkout, free shipping in Canada on any order over 50 bucks. If you're in the US, two clicks of a button, boom boom, all of a sudden everything's in US prices and you get an excellent conversion on the U.S. dollar. Today's blend is root beer, because you know what? I kind of wanted to treat myself a little bit. And funny enough, you'd think I would have thought of this beforehand, but I've never actually tried the root beer as like a cold brew. Seems like a thing to try to do in the future. Speaking of the future, your future should include Nerd Teas in it. Nerdteas.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save yourself some money, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it. On nerdtease.ca obviously we head into week 8 endeavoring for better against the spread and over under let's take a look at our week 8 picks let's kick things off in Houston Texas versus Florida in this matchup as the Houston Texans play host to the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden after starting off the season 0 and 3 the Houston Texans find themselves as one of the hottest teams in the AFC four consecutive wins they're four and one obviously in the last five Houston has jumped from zero and three to four and three and from the basement to the penthouse of the AFC South division and they've done that on the strength of a fairly balanced offense they're moving the ball through the air they're moving the ball on the ground with over 110 actually well over 110 yards per game on the ground Houston's also a top 10 total defense right now allowing just over 90 yards a game rushing on the ground, though 237 through the air that puts them in the top half certainly in terms of secondaries in the NFL. So they're getting it done with a very very balanced approach. The Dolphins dropped an 11-point decision last week at home against Detroit. That is a game that I am sure the Dolphins would want back. Good situation for them against the Lions, a team that struggled on the road this year, and they happen to give up 32. Dolphins are above 500 at 4-3, and three, but they're no longer in the driver's seat in the AFC East. Obviously, the Patriots have become the Patriots and are doing the thing. But, you know, again, above 500, but they're being outscored on the season by an average of about 3.5 points a game. Dolphins really struggling to move the ball through the air. Well, just 222 yards passing per game. They're rushing the ball all right, but, you know, a little over a buck-oh-five. But they really got to figure out that pass game, and they got to hope Tannehill gets healthy. Another thing they got to hope for is they got to hope that the defense figures out exactly what it is. They're one of the worst total defenses in the NFL, number 27 overall. The scoring defense is not atrocious. Like there are teams that are better total defenses than them that are giving up more points. So it's not a total tire fire for the Dolphins defense, but they're struggling to stop people through the air. They're really struggling to stop people on the ground. That, to me, is the edge in this game. I think Houston's going to be able to run on Miami, do whatever they want on the ground. Not a good situation for Miami being away from home. I really like the Texans here. I think they've turned a corner at the right time. Just from a couple of weeks ago, me saying, like, oh, God, i got to stop betting on the Texans. I really like the Texans here on Thursday Night Football. So let's take Houston at home to hang another loss on Miami and win their fifth straight. On the line, the Texans are favored by a full seven and a half points at home. And right from the get-go, this just struck me as too many. Uh, Miami is not a good against the spread team away from home. Like, I think they're like something like 0-8 in their last eight or something like that. It's a bad record over their last seven or eight or something like that. They might have covered one in there. But seven and a half points here is just too many. Houston is not... Houston's a balanced offense, but I wouldn't exactly call them a reliable offense. Every now and then, they're going to lay an egg. They're going to really put up a poor performance on the offensive side. I think you have to account for that and look at this game and say, like, look, they they haven't earned getting a favorite of 7.5, even if they are at home against a team that does not do well against the spread away. So we're going to take Miami plus the 7.5. Total in the game is 44.5 points pretty darn good total based on the way i capped it i do note that the texans are two and five on the over under this season so i mean if i like them to win probably a good chance that the game stays relatively low scoring we're also talking about the number 21 and number 23 scoring offenses in football this season let's skew under that number kind of middling so let's go under 44 and a half do you hear that you hear the confidence in the voice we're going to do better this week Let's go to London. I actually pointed out when a game was that was going to be played in London is going to be played in London. Someone give me a cookie. Anyway, let's go to London. The Jacksonville Jaguars are quote-unquote playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. After their hot start to the season, the Jags have lost three consecutive games. They're sitting at three and four. They're being outscored on average by, you know, it was about four points a game. The defense certainly not playing like the defense. They haven't won a division game yet. And now all of a sudden, apparently there's a quarterback controversy. It seems crazy to me that Cody Kessler could be involved in a quarterbacking controversy, but apparently there is one. It looks like the Jags are going to stick with Blake Bortles. I believe Doug Marone actually might have said that officially yesterday. But leading up to this game, they're like, well, you know, we've made our choice, but we uh, we haven't informed the quarterbacks of our choice yet. Are you kidding me? I'm going to let my guy Bunks, at OttBunks on Twitter, say it best. They paid Bortles to be the guy. So if you're not going to commit to him being the guy, why pay him to be the guy? I'm going to quote Bunks here specifically and say, in Blake we trust, and it looks like the Jags are going to trust him one more time. This is going to be Jacksonville's sixth trip to London since this international series of games kicked off philly's going to be playing in london for the first time and i think that has to play a role here the jags as a whole are going to know what they're getting into i think this is going to be bortles specifically his fifth game in london and his numbers have actually been pretty good in the four previous he's thrown eight touchdowns and he's only thrown two picks I believe he's had at least one 300-yard game, if not more. He plays pretty well over in London, and again, they've got the experience of having done it. They know what the time difference is going to do. They know they know where the good restaurants are. they they, they got to feel more comfortable than the Eagles, who are going to be going over doing this for the first time, experiencing it all for the first time. I don't think anyone in the preseason would have expected that these two offenses would be struggling the way that they are, both of them in the bottom half of the league in terms of total offense, neither one of them scoring more than 22 points per game on average. Neither one of these offenses are performing up to par. Jacksonville, you can kind of, you know, you can go, well, well, injuries, you know, and I I guess you can sort of say that for the Eagles as well, but it's disappointing offensive seasons on both sides on the defense both of these teams have essentially picked up where they left off from last season philly could be giving up a few fewer yards especially in the secondary but jacksonville doing a pretty good job definitely in the secondary the pass game has been really really a strong point for that jacksonville defense only giving up 180 yards a game through the air but they're giving up about 21 points a game which is i think more than what they would like eagles are a little bit less than that but they are giving up more yards. I think this goes against my better judgment because I do definitely think that the Eagles are a better football team. I'm going to go Jacksonville in this one. And it really, it all boils down to that London experience. It really does. You got one team that kind of knows what they're getting into. You got another team that really doesn't. They can only, they can ask, they can speculate, they they can get input from other places, but until they've actually done it, you don't really know what it is so i am gonna kind of go jacksonville in this one it's an upset but i kind of like the jags this week on the line the eagles are favored by three points i guess technically on the road i guess jacksonville is playing the role of the home team here but um, philly's a three-point favorite and obviously since i like jacksonville to win i'm gonna take the jags plus the three points Total in the game is 41.5, and I think you gotta skew on the under in this one. I think this is gonna be a defensive showcase. This game might not get to 35 points. So at 41 and a half, I think you gotta stick under on it. We're gonna go under 41.5 in Philly Jacksonville. Let's go to Cincinnati now, where the Bengals are going to play host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. And uh man, Tampa Bay can't catch a break. I mean, don't get me wrong, they won that game last week by a field goal. In overtime against Cleveland at home. But on an already depleted defense and an already underperforming defense, they lose Quan Alexander, who is arguably their best defensive player. And I believe they lost another linebacker to injury. And Quan, I mean, geez, Quan looks like he's done for the year. And that, I think, is what really defines this matchup. Because Quan Alexander is... Is a game breaker. Like Quan Alexander is somebody who rushes the quarterback, stuffs the run, he can play coverage. Quan Alexander can do basically anything on the defensive side. And when you lose that Swiss Army knife type of player, your already bad defense becomes much, much worse. Now, yes, they do get the Bengals this week, who just got absolutely blown out by Kansas City, but this is not quite the same Bengals team either. The Bengals aren't going to take a blowout like that lying down. I really think Joe Mixon and that offense comes back with a great performance this week. Since he could top 40 points in this game, I don't think that would surprise anybody. I definitely have to be on the Bengals this week at home, good situation for them I don't think they've lost a home game this year have they oh yes that's right they have they lost one but at the same time they've won two of their three home games they've for the most part gotten the job done at home so far this season Tampa Bay doesn't travel the greatest I I just think everything here is leaning towards Cincinnati so I'm going to take the Bengals I like the Bengals at home to beat the Bucks. On the line, Cincinnati favored by four and a half points at home. I kind of thought about possibly hedging this, even though it's not a great margin for hedge purposes. But again, that Quan Alexander injury is just so massive. You can't can't state that enough. What a loss that is on the defense. Plus, the Bengals are 3-1 and this season if they're a favorite by less than a touchdown against the spread. 3-1 3-1 against the spread as a favorite of minus 7 or fewer. So I think we're going to take that. We're going to take Cincinnati and hammer them minus the 4.5. Total in the game is 54, which is hilarious. It's not even the highest total of the week. I think this thing sails over by at least a touchdown. So let's go over 54 points in Tampa-Cincinnati. Let's go to Detroit now, where the Lions, I think I'm underrating the Lions a little bit, the Lions are at home facing a Seattle Seahawks team coming off of their bye and also coming off of the passing of their owner. As I mentioned, Detroit got the win last week in Miami by 11 points, two full possessions. Detroit's now won two straight games. And again, I think I kind of started sleeping on them because it took the defense a few games to get it figured out. I still just have that vision of them getting blown out in the season opener by the Jets and they're like, oh my God, how is this defense this terrible? But it looks like the Lions have finally figured that out and kind of turned a corner defensively. Seattle picked up the win heading into their bye two weeks ago. They're playing 500 football on the road at 2-2. Not a great traveling team. This will be their fifth road game already this season. That's a tough schedule to have to do. Certainly a tale of two teams here on the offensive side. Detroit, top 12 in terms of total offense. Seattle, one of the worst in the league at number 28. The scoring offenses are not quite so far apart. Detroit, just over 26 points a game. Seattle, just under 24. As depleted as the Seahawks have been injury-wise this season, there could be relief on the way. Dixon at tight end as well as K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright could potentially play in this game. I think obviously he would be on limited reps. I think he got in a limited practice on Monday, maybe out there for an hour or something like that. But just having him back on the field as one of, like, quote-unquote, the old guard in that defense... K.J. Wright can be a difference maker up the middle. It's one of those situations where I think if Detroit's going to win, they're going to win on their offense. If Seattle's going to win, it's going to be on the defense. I think when Detroit has the football is really going to be where this game is decided. Whether it's, does Seattle's defense win out? Does Detroit's offense win out? It's a good spot for Detroit to be in at home, but Seattle's going to be well-rested here, man, coming off of their bye it's another it's like the second upset in four picks i actually kind of like the seahawks this week again we shouldn't talk about it in these terms but when an owner of a team passes away especially with a team as passionate a fan base and as passionate a culture as the seattle seahawks have you can't measure what that does to a team the next time they hit the field we saw it earlier this year with the chargers and i think we're going to see it again with seattle I'm going to take the Seahawks in the upset on the line Detroit favored by three points at home obviously I like Seattle to win so I'm going to take Seattle plus the three points again if KJ Wright does play he can be a difference maker even on limited reps so I'm gonna lean with the Seahawks total in the game 49 and a half points I like the Seahawks to win. I capped it a little bit lower than this. Seattle's only 2-4 and on the over-under this season. If I like their defense to win out, I think I gotta stick on the under. So let's go under 49.5 points. Let's go to New York now, where the Giants are gonna play host to the Washington Redskins. Giants, of course, on a quote-unquote short week as they played on Monday Night Football last night. Really don't have a ton to say about this game. I mean, the Giants... One win this season came on the road, so they haven't won a game at home yet this season. Skins have won a game on the road. Skins have won a game in the division. Giants have not beaten a division opponent yet, nor have they beaten a team in the NFC. Washington has won four of their five games against NFC opponents. Washington's won two straight games. Giants have lost four in a row. Giants are just as bad as I thought they were. The Falcons just allowed them to get that backdoor cover last night. So I I don't really put too, too much stock into that one. I think the Redskins defense can win this football game on its own, much less the offense. So let's take the skins against the Giants. We're going to take the skins to win in New York. I mean, it certainly helps that the Skins did just beat a division opponent that I did think was going to beat them, but they beat a division opponent against Dallas last week. And Dallas, I don't think I'm going to shock the world by saying this, is a better football team than the New York Giants. On the line, Giants are a one-point dog at home. I believe this game opened as a pick em. so obviously, I like Washington to win. It's the smallest of prices to pay at minus one, so let's go Washington, minus one. Total in the game is 42 points. Don't know that we're going to get a ton of offense in this game. I think I got to skew under on it. Let's go under 42 points in Washington, New York. Let's go to Carolina now where the Panthers, fresh off of that come-from-behind win against the Super Bowl champs, now get to play host to the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore might have lost last week, but they are head and shoulders the best defense in the AFC, one of the best defenses in football. And the Ravens playing 500 football on the road, kind of like the Seahawks. We talk about the Ravens as being traditionally a team that does not travel very well. Look, four games on the road. They've won two of them. They're going to be playing their fifth. It, again, it's a tough spot to be in to have played that many road games already. But Baltimore's been getting it done. And it hasn't just been the defense either for the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, their top 10 total offense, they're scoring 25 points a game. Joe Flacco is having one of the best seasons of his career, almost 300 yards per game passing. So look, Baltimore's getting it done on both sides. Carolina comparatively, while they're running the football incredibly well, uh, certainly within the top 10, actually they're within the top five in terms of total rush offense this season. So they're getting, they're doing a great job moving the ball on the ground through the air. I haven't liked what I've seen from Cam Newton this season, especially as a Cam Newton fantasy owner. It's kind of the same story with Cam. flashes of brilliance in the past game, and then certain plays where it's just like, you've been in the league too long to make that play. I think that's my real problem with Carolina here. It's those, you've been in the league too long to make that play, plays. Because if you make those plays against a defense like the Ravens, they're going to make you pay for it. Carolina no slouch on the defensive side either but the one thing that you can do on this team is you can throw on them they're really middle of the pack in terms of their secondary giving up about 260 yards a game through the air Joe Flacco should be able to move the ball on this secondary for Carolina the road warriors have been paying off for me lately and I think I'm gonna have to stick with one more I'm gonna take Baltimore here in the upset I don't look at this Game Actually, sorry, it's not an upset, but I guess, you know, a road team beating a home team in that sense. I guess it's a minor upset, but I don't look at this game nearly as close as I think Vegas does, certainly based on the line. Um, I think this is about a touchdown win for Baltimore. Again, I like a lot what they've been doing on offense and the defense has been great. And they're relatively healthy. So I think I got to stick with the Ravens here as what I think is the better football team. So let's take the Ravens in Carolina to beat the Panthers. On the line, Panthers are two-point dogs at home. Baltimore a favorite of minus two. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's go Baltimore minus two. Total in the game is 43, exactly. Pretty darn good total. I capped it a little bit lower than this at 41. 83% of the experts on covers are also on the under. So I think that's the way I'm going to have to stick on this one. Let's stay under 43 points in Baltimore, Carolina. Let's go to Oakland now where the Raiders coming off of their bye are going to play host to the Indianapolis Colts. And I think they're going to get crushed. Looks very simple here for the Raiders. Injuries, Marshawn Lynch to IR so you're looking at Doug Martin as being your lead back I mean Jalen Richard is gonna see more work than Doug Martin will but when you're rolling out Doug Martin as your primary running back that's uh, gonna be a bit of an issue and they traded their best offensive weapon at least on paper in Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper traded to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for the Cowboys' first round pick. That's a great return for him, but a draft pick return doesn't exactly make an impact on the field until you turn it into, you know, a player. Colts may only have two wins on the season, but it's certainly not for lack of, you know, scoring. Uh one of those two wins has come on the road, so they have won a game on the road it has come against an afc opponent so they can beat somebody in the afc they won last week i know again i know they're only 2 and 5 but i kind of think they're going to walk in i i see very little difference between the buffalo bills and the oakland raiders except for the fact that buffalo can play defense and oakland can't And Indy just threw up 37 points on a team that can actually play defense. The Raiders, of course, get that black hole edge. But honestly, I think Andrew Luck and the Colts are going to walk in here and absolutely curb stomp Oakland. So let's take the Colts on the road in Oakland to beat the Raiders. On the line, Raiders are three-point dogs at home. Indy favored by a field goal. I like him to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. At least it's not getting that extra point yet. I would recommend grabbing Indy minus three now before that line grows. So let's take Indy minus the three points. Total in the game is 50. I got it capped higher than this by better than a field goal. So I'm going to rock the over in this game over 50 points in Indianapolis, Oakland, because I mean, look, Indy can't exactly play defense either. Let's go to Los Angeles now for the most intriguing game for me this week, which is obviously the LA Rams at home playing host to my Green Bay Packers. Green Bay coming into the game off of the bye. They're only 3-2-1 this season, which means I'm I'm tailing behind in my Chris Carter jersey bet. They're coming in off the bye. Aaron Rodgers is going to be as healthy heading into this game as he's been since he sprained his knee in week one. So this is Going to be their best shot. If they were going to have to play the Rams, I'm glad that it came off of their bye with Mike McCarthy having a full extra week just to scout the Rams. I mean, do I really have to talk about how great the Rams have been so far this season? I think everybody knows that. I mean, that offense has been incredible. Todd Gurley has been unstoppable. The defense kind of starting to turn it around here a little bit too. You know, a couple of bad performances. Every defense is going to have a couple of bad performances. I hate betting against my team or at least picking against my team. I absolutely hate doing that. I don't see how Green Bay goes into L.A. and beats the Rams in their own building. I would love to say that I see a path to them doing that, but I don't. So I'm going to take the Rams to win the football game. And I do think the Rams probably put up at least 30 because Green Bay's defense, you know, it's it's, it's, it's more of a uh, uh, what you call a guideline than an actual defense. Don't get me wrong, statistically they're not terrible. They're actually in the top 10 right now in terms of total defense, but I mean, you look at, if you just, just watch them play, and it's like, oh yeah, I mean Buffalo's in the top 5 in total defense and they're giving up 25 points a game. So yeah, I definitely like the Rams to win the football game. On the line, however, the Rams are favored by 9 points. And I think that's just too much against Aaron Rodgers. I feel like there's some way that Rodgers makes this thing interesting towards the end of the game. Because we've seen the Rams defense can be susceptible. We've seen that the Rams defense, you can put up points on this Rams defense. Now, the Rams defense is getting healthier, and I think the offense will be able to possess the ball enough that it's not going to, you know, they they're, they know that they've got to limit the opportunities of a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I just think nine points is too many points here. Again, people have talked about like, oh, this is the, the biggest underdog uh, spread of Aaron Rodgers' career. Aaron Rodgers, if he's been a dog of five and a half points or more, is four and one against the spread. And he's a dog this week of nine. I just think nine points is too many. I think some books you can still get this at like nine and a half, maybe even double digits. But I'm going to take the Packers plus nine. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility that maybe they could win the game, especially, again, coming off the bye week and probably being as healthy as they could possibly be. Maybe they get Randall Cobb back. Maybe they get Geronimo Allison back. Obviously, those would be boosts to their offense. I've also just got to take a second to heap a little bit of praise on Packers rookie Marquez Valdez Scantling. He has stepped in to that role, a role that is much bigger for a rookie to step into. You got injuries to established veterans ahead of you on the depth chart. You step in, you know you're receiving passes from Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't been without mistakes. That's not not it. He's made mistakes and then he's almost immediately corrected them. His last three games, Valdez-Scantling, 11 catches for 209 yards and a touchdown. He's had three catches over 30 yards. I think he's caught seven or eight first downs. He's going well over 15 yards of reception. He's actually played really well. I'm hoping that they continue to give him opportunities, even if and when Cobb and Allison come back, probably this week. Uh, Total in the game is 57 points. I personally capped this lower than this by better than a field goal, but... We're looking at two top five total offenses because Green Bay, even though they haven't quite been scoring like one, are really moving the ball incredibly well, certainly through the air. Surprise, surprise. Two top five total offenses, two defenses that have proven that they can be susceptible this season. I think you have to stick the over on this one. So let's go over 57 points. It is our biggest total of the week in Los Angeles Green Bay. Go to arizona now where the cardinals coming off of a long week get to play host to the san francisco 49ers division matchup of the nfc west probably not a ton to say about two one and six football teams the cardinals have won most recently i believe that was three weeks ago the niners are coming off of getting absolutely destroyed by you guessed it the rams arizona also got destroyed actually got destroyed even worse And that was by the Broncos in their own building. Now, the Cardinals do have a win inside the division already. The Niners have lost five straight. It looks like Matt Breda is injured. So now I think they're at Raheem Raheem Mostert. I believe I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, but I think he's going to be getting starting reps at running back for the Niners this week. But when bad football team meets bad football team, I kind of skew towards whichever one is the underdog. Like, which team is the worst of the two bad football teams? And a lot of the time, I'll actually skew that way. And I think by the numbers, by a nose, it's San Francisco. I think I actually got to go San Francisco in this game. Arizona gets the bump because they are at home. Uh, But I think the Niners have the potential on offense to put up more points than the Cardinals do if I'm being perfectly honest so I think I got to go with the Niners in this one let's take San Francisco on the road in Arizona to hang another loss on the Cardinals on the line Cardinals are only favored by a single point at home so obviously I like the Niners to win let's take the Niners plus one Total in the game is 43 points. I actually have this going significantly over this. These two defenses are not very good. I think there's going to be plenty of points to be had in this game. Two teams that know each other very well. Let's go over 43 points in San Francisco, Arizona. And the last game we're going to look at sees the Minnesota Vikings playing host to the New Orleans Saints. Obviously a rematch of that playoff game last season where, again, the single worst Defensive play that I think I've ever seen in a football game. And I watch a bunch of CFL. I watched, matter of fact, I watched my nephew's high school football game in Nova Scotia, Canada, a few weeks back, and did not see a defensive play that bad. Saints are on an absolute tear since losing the season opener. They've won five consecutive games. They're a game up on Carolina in the NFC South Division for the lead in that division. The Vikings have also won three consecutive games. They look like they've turned a corner. They're 4-2-1. They're leading the NFC North. But those two things have not exactly come the same way. Minnesota had a great two-point win in Philadelphia in Week 5. That was great. Then they beat up on Arizona and beat up on the New York Jets. So in terms of competition, not exactly, you know, the highest. Also, if you're looking at that Jets game last week, I realized that it was in New York, but the Vikings only led that game by three points at the half. Saints have had a lot more to deal with. They had to go into Baltimore last week. They beat Baltimore by a single point. There are a lot of people that did not think they were going to win that game. Drew Brees completes his um, his bingo card of beating every franchise in the NFL. Beat him by a single point. That missed extra point by Justin Tucker, which created one of the greatest gifts of all time. This is back-to-back road games for the Saints, which makes them a tough play this week, but the Saints are still unbeaten on the road this season. They've won all three of their road games, going to be playing road game number four this week against a Vikings team that has lost a game on their own field this season already. I think the fact that it is back-to-back road games is going to be the only thing in this game that might hold the Saints back. I really like the Saints here to get revenge for that playoff game. I think the Saints win, especially if Adam Thielen is out or limited based on having to leave the game last week. Speaking of Adam Thielen, is that not the best story in the NFL right now? Sets a league record with his seventh straight 100-yard game. This is a guy that paid $250 to try out for the NFL, and now all of a sudden... He's got seven straight games of 100 yards to start the season. It's incredible. I don't think I'll be blowing any minds when I say this, but Adam Thielen is the best wide receiver in football. Despite all that, I'm taking the upset here. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints to go into Minnesota. I think the Saints beat the Vikings. That's how I'm going. On the line, Vikes are favored by a single point at home. That's just a reflection of how close this matchup is. Obviously, I like the Saints to win. I'm going to be taking the Saints plus one. Interesting tidbit that I kind of dug up here. The Saints are 16-5 and against the spread in their last 21 games on the road. So 21 games on the road is the equivalent of like two plus seasons. About two and a half, a little more than two and a half seasons worth of road games now for a lot of those games they would have been underdogs and probably decent sized underdogs because they don't travel very well at least historically but look 16 and 5 against the spread in the last 21 that's pretty damn good total in the game is 53 points i get the feeling this is going to be a shootout i capped it a little bit higher than this 71 percent of the public and 57 percent of the experts are also on the over so i'm going to go that way let's go over 53 points in new orleans minnesota All right, folks, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week eight in the NFL. We're going to start, of course, with our bronze pick, which is four and three straight up, three, three, and one against the spread, and only two and five on the over-under. Sees the Chicago Bears at home playing host to the New York Jets. Bears now sitting at three and three, losing back-to-back games for the first time this season. And yet, even in a losing effort at home against the Patriots, I think Chicago opened a lot of eyes to what that team is capable of. Certainly on the offensive side, you know, anytime you put up 30 plus points, obviously you've done something right. And they hung right in there with the New England Patriots. Obviously significant step down for the Bears in terms of competition this week. They're going to play a Jets team that lost last week. They're under 500. Still, you know, like they're still there. They're still hanging around. And this offense certainly is capable of doing big things. But they got just got blown out by 20 points against Minnesota in their own building last week. I'm certainly feeling the Bears in this one. They're moving the ball incredibly, incredibly well this season, just outside the top 10 in terms of total offense. And look, I got to give props where it's due. The Jets have been scoring points this year, despite really struggling to move the ball. They're number 26 in total offense, but they're scoring 26 points a game. You know, I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to compete defensively in this football game. They're giving up too much in terms of yardage through the air, yardage on the ground, giving up too many points. I just don't think the Jets are going to hang on the defensive side. Let's take Chicago in this football game. I like the Bears at home to get the win over the Jets. On the line, Chicago favored by a full touchdown, seven points. Originally, I looked at that like it was too many, and spoilers, my last four picks here, I looked at all the spreads like it was too many points. So I did look at that, because again, you also got to take into consideration the Khalil Mack of it all, obviously has been the game-breaking defensive player so far this season, but his last two games has not really performed. Certainly has looked limited and kind of hobbled with his injury issues. So there is that question where it's like, man, if Mac is not 100%, seven points is a ton for Chicago to cover. That said, the Jets have not won against the spread in their last five games playing on grass. They will have to play on grass this week in Soldier Field. I- I'm going to take Chicago to cover it. It does feel like a lot of points, but I think this is going to be relatively high scoring, so let's take the Bears here. We're going to take Chicago minus the seven points. Total in the game is 46. I think this should be a relatively easy over on a middling number. I think this game gets to 50, so let's go over 46 points. Chicago straight up. We're going to hammer the Bears minus seven against the spread over 46 points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm 5-2 straight up, only 3-4 against the spread and an abysmal 2-5 on the over-under. Sees the Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Denver Broncos AFC West matchup. Broncos coming into this game off of the long week having played the Thursday nighter and dominated in the Thursday nighter, but they are playing back-to-back road games. Never mind the fact that the Chiefs are 6-1. I mean, we all know how great the Chiefs have been, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Defense definitely leaving something to be desired. Denver, again, back-to-back road games. Historically don't travel very well. They have won a road game so far this season, so it's worth pointing out they've won on the road. Don't play particularly well in Kansas City, if memory serves me correctly. They also have not covered against the spread this season as a road underdog. They're 0-2. So I really don't see a ton of resistance from the Broncos this week. I think the Broncos are going to score their points. I think the run game will generate a decent number of points for Denver in this game. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop Kansas City. So let's take the Chiefs at home to beat the Broncos. On the line, the Chiefs are favored by double digits, full 10 points at home, which again, another tough number for me. But Kansas City has covered all three of their games at home so far this season. And again, like I mentioned, Denver 0-2 against the spread as a road underdog this year. So it's 10 points, but I think I'm actually going to take that. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 10 Total of the game's 55 points. It's a bigger total than I expected it to be because, look, Denver can play some defense. And eventually, Kansas City's offense, I think, is going to come back down towards the norm. The two teams, head to head, the last 10 games, if you put a total of 55 on those games, they would have gone under seven of the 10 games and pushed one. So I think I got to stick under on this game. I think I'm going to go under the 55 points so chiefs straight up we're going to hammer the chiefs minus 10 against the spread in a game that goes under the 55 point total that is your silver pick my gold pick where i'm six and one straight up three and four against the spread and five and two on the over under the only over under bright spot we've had all season has come in this pick And that sees the Buffalo Bills playing host to the New England Patriots. The only question mark in this game is the fact that the Patriots are playing back-to-back road games and they won their road game last week against a much better team than they're playing this week. That's the only question mark here whatsoever. I expect Gronk to play. I have no question marks here about the Patriots winning this football game. This is essentially a layup. Let's take the Patriots on the road in Buffalo to beat and probably dominate the bills dominate them by how much the bills are 13 and a half point dogs at home and i think i'm actually going to take new england minus the 13 and a half again kind of felt like too many but the patriots have covered this number minus 13 and a half three straight times against buffalo head-to-head and the Bills are starting a quarterback-running back combo of Derek Anderson, who's about to turn to powder, and Chris Ivory, who is down one dreadlock. LaShawn McCoy being the only bright spot on offense for this team not playing in this game, it, it, that that's the determinant for me. Like, Would anyone be surprised if Buffalo only scores 10 points? So we're going to take the Patriots to cover a big number here. Let's take New England minus the 13.5 points. Total in the game is 44. I think I got to stick under on it because, again, I could very easily see this game being like 31-10, to 10, right? 31-10 to 10 is a very reasonable score in this game, or like 28-14 to 14 or something like that. It's still going to hit the under and still hitting the Patriots to cover. Because, look, Buffalo can play defense. I don't think New England is going to put up 40 points on them because I think, again, defense... Um, Division opponent, defensive opponent, division opponent, they know each other very well. I don't think the Patriots are going to, you know, put up 40 on them, but I think they put up enough to cover, but I do think it stays under the 44. So Patriots straight up, we're hammering the Patriots minus 13 and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 44 points. Dear God, that's back-to-back double-digit favorites, and I took them both. And the Platinum pick where I'm 5-2 straight up and 3-4 and both against the spread and over-under sees yet another division matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of their bye week at home taking on the Cleveland Browns who are playing back-to-back games on the road. Browns with that three-point loss in overtime to the Bucs last week and the thanks that they get for that performance is they get to go to Pittsburgh. It was widely speculated that Le'Veon Bell would be active for this game. That's not going to happen. He's will be continuing his holdout throughout week 8, giving up another $850,000 game check because reasons. We've talked about it a lot this season. The Browns have figured out how to win games. They haven't figured out how to win games on the road yet. I mean, I guess if it was going to be against anybody, it's going to be against a division opponent. I just don't think it's going to be this week. Pittsburgh well rested off the bye. Let's take the Steelers here at home in a good position. We're going to take Pittsburgh to beat Cleveland on the line. The Steelers are eight point favorites at home. Once again, I looked at this like "Mm, that feels like too many to me, especially considering these two teams tied very early in the season. The Steelers are only one and two against the spread at home this year and Cleveland in the last four games in this head to head matchup in Pittsburgh would be three and one against the spread against a line of plus eight. So I think even though I like the Steelers to win, I think Cleveland keeps this close enough, maybe a backdoor cover, who knows. I'm actually going to take the Browns plus the eight points. Total in the game is 51. I capped it just ever so slightly higher than this, but actually kind of the same as when we talked about Kansas City and Denver. These two teams would be 2-7-1 and one over under in their last 10 head-to-head if you put a total of 51 on it. So I think I got to skew under in this one. I think we're going to stick under 51 points in Cleveland-Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh straight up, but we're going to hedge our bets and go Cleveland plus eight against the spread in a game that stays under 51 points. That is your platinum pick. Those are your picks for week eight action 2018 NFL season. Thank you so much for bearing with me while I went through the picks with my, my nasally, nasally, sniffly voice. Let's go to the patented comment of the week. Comment of the week this week should go to Anthony Simone. The only reason it's not going to is because I was unable to figure out a way to rap these lyrics like Eminem that he basically took lyrics from Eminem's song Lose Yourself and adjusted them for the NFL. It's great please go to last week's video and take a look at it because it's really well done. I just couldn't figure out a way to wrap it. And if I can't wrap it, I can't say it. So uh, it's shout out to Anthony because the comment was fantastic. But the actual comment of the week this week is going to go to my guy, Half Moon's Picks. He had an excellent comment, which was betting on Brock Osweiler is like betting on a horse with no jockey. You don't know if the horse knows where the finish line is or not. That's great. That's just hilarious. I really like that. You better hope Ryan Tannehill comes back. Good luck this week. Well, he didn't come back, and my Miami pick didn't work out. But your comment did work out, Stephen. Yours is the comment of the week from the Week 7 video. And again, shout out to Anthony, because those are great. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Week 8 video is in the books. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Enjoy the games in Week 8. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled, as always, by the great folks at NerdTease, nerdtees.ca Use that promo code BWFINEST. Save yourself 15%. Once again, enjoy the games in week eight. CFL season is coming to a close very, very shortly. we got the next episode coming up tomorrow. All kinds of recording fun, all kinds of content for you, ladies and gentlemen. I love doing it. I'm glad you enjoy listening to it. We will see you again for week nine.